Thank you for joining us for the Friday edition of Main Thing Radio with Pastor Robert Fountain and his wife, Elizabeth. Today, Robert and Elizabeth will continue tackling life issues from a married perspective. His love is the main thing. His love is the main thing. So we mix it up, mix it up. His love is the main thing. His love is the main thing. Therefore, I say to you, her sins, which are many, take comfort to that tonight. Yes, if you come in here with shame, like, yes, your sins are many, but they are forgiven, for she loved much. But to whom little is forgiven, that same loves little. And then he said to her, and to you, your sins are forgiven. I pray we don't lose awe of that ever. He declares us again as if it was the first time forgiven tonight. As Elizabeth reminds us in today's message, we should never lose our sense of awe over what Jesus has done for us. We were far from God, full of selfishness and sin, but He looked at us with compassion and grace. He loved us so much that He took that sin upon Himself and offered us hope for eternity. And here's Pastor Robert and Elizabeth with part three of their message, Through the Eyes of Mary Magdalene. It was Robert's on his heart that we brought it in here tonight and really tried to see Jesus himself through her eyes. Because no matter what our specific past is, no matter what it is that we all bring in here, there is not one of us who has not had other gods, which whether they were specific demons that inhabited us like I had, or it was just that we worshipped other gods to differing degrees, it really makes no difference. Because in God's eyes, that's all spiritual prostitution. It makes no difference. And so that breaks the, the, the ground level at the foot of the cross. We all come there. And so I think God wants us to remember what it was like when Jesus found us at our ugliest, at our most desperate and raw, the way he found Mary Magdalene in his story. Like, do you remember? Do you remember what it was when you, when you had absolutely nothing left but that whatever he offered you, whatever it was specific to you? Do you remember what that was like when, when all of a sudden you were aware that maybe there was hope in a place where you didn't know there was at all? Or maybe, like me, I began to realize that I could actually be clean again. I could actually be washed clean I think he wants us tonight to remember that, both the first love, but also the first despair. The first that, when that met the, the most raw, the most helpless part of you, and then the most, that's when grace was at its purest to us. Before something began to sneak in that so easily happens in Christians where we begin to think that we deserve it somehow, or that we earned it, and now we're not that person anymore. And the thing that, as you think of this scene of Simon the righteous Pharisee, who at some point, maybe even himself, had a, a thirst for God. I mean, he became a Pharisee that, that may have been a pursuit of God, may not have been. It may just have been a status 
desire. But it could have been a pursuit of God because that's what Pharisees did, supposedly. They, they studied the law. They studied the word of God. And all of us are in danger of leaving that raw worship behind that she represents and becoming, morphing into Simon. And all of a sudden, we're more aware of, of how we should be correct. Maybe it's the Christian correctness instead of the political correctness. But it's a danger for all of us that I think he wants us to be aware of. And so if you think of yourself even today, of this week, what, what voices do you hear in your head then that would accuse you? Like she heard Simon, she heard all these dignified people criticizing her, and Jesus heard them criticizing him. What, is, what are the voices of criticism that you hear, that you are aware of, that, that somehow they have some kind of influence over you. Maybe you'd like to, like, no, I'm, I'm not listening. But they're still there somewhere in your mind, somewhere in your soul. If you can, if you can just try to, to, to zoom in on that, because that's what he's addressing there. Now we switch from this fiction to Luke 7, where the latter part of the story is taken from. Luke 7, verses 44 through 48. Then Jesus turned and said to the woman, and that's every one of us as a worshiper tonight. We'll take it like that. He turned and said to the worshiper and to Simon, the accuser, do you see this worshiper? I entered your house and you gave me no water for my feet, but she has washed my feet with her tears and wiped them with the hair of her head. You gave me no kiss, but this woman has not ceased to kiss my feet since the time I came in. You did not anoint my head with oil, but this woman, this worshiper, has anointed my feet with fragrant oil, which that's what it says in Revelation where we just were this Sunday. Our prayers are that to him. Fragrant oil that rises up. Therefore I say to you, her sins, which are many, take comfort to that tonight. Yes, if you come in here with shame, like, yes, your sins are many, but they are forgiven, for she loved much. But to whom little is forgiven, that same loves little. And then he said to her, to you, your sins are forgiven. I pray we don't lose awe of that ever. He declares us again as if it was the first time forgiven tonight. It's not like, well, I expect more of you now because now you know better. You, he knows full well that you're still helpless and hopeless in yourself. You still don't have it. Don't ever buy into the fact or the lie that now you have to become some polished Pharisee that is not the worshiper he's seeking. That is not what he's after. He wants us to never leave that place of just profound gratitude and, and, and this shamelessness of just saying, I, I, I have sinned much. Sometimes I still sin much. But he has forgiven me, and so I love much. That's his desire for us, that we just stay there. And, and that is the place where he, that kiss between her our worship and his forgiveness, that's where he wants us to stay as a lifestyle. You know, our theme, we talked about it at the beginning of the year, you know, living in his presence. You know, what does it mean living in his presence? And as we were preparing and just talking about Easter, um, one of the things that, that Elizabeth and I will always talk about, and sometimes even when there's not like a love lesson in, involved for us, um, because of where Easter, you know, falls in the month or what, whatever, it still for me involves preparing 
you know, several additional messages about Easter and or related to Easter because we do, you know, I, I do at least two different ones on Easter Sunday and then we have Good Friday and, and this year I've got a, actually a thing with the police department as well and we're doing this. So we're talking about these things and, and, and she said, you know, what, what do you want to talk about at the love lesson? And I said, I, I want to look at Easter from the perspective of Mary Magdalene. And it was funny because I, I didn't really even know why I was saying it. It was just, that's, I just kind of, you know what I mean? I knew that's what we need to look at. Why? I don't know. And then as we dig into it and, you know, think, thinking about, you know, here, here's, this, here's this woman that, I mean, can you imagine? Everybody in her world looked at her with disgust. You know what I mean? Everybody just looked, just looked down on her. We're disgusted by her, especially at that time and in that culture. And he saw through all of that. And he reached a place inside her, just like he reached a place inside you, that nobody else had ever reached. Nobody else could ever reach. And I remember the moment that it happened for me. You know, that that instant when Jesus reached down inside and something happened. And I get so emotional with this story. And, and it's one of the reasons that the book, The Divine Romance, really grabbed my heart because it, it, just, it, it, just really, it just really grabbed something down inside. It's like th this woman who has been forgiven so much loves me so much more than you can comprehend Simon and it, that just it resonates with me I bet it resonates with some of you too because you know how disgusting you are apart from the grace of God the more awful you recognize your sin to be the more deeply the more passionately the more gratefully you love the Lord Jesus. You know, every one of us is different, and so he, he deals with us as individuals. I've had some heated discussions with other pastors about that subject mm -hmm. because he, God made us as individuals, and he deals with us as individuals. And when we become like Simon, Pharisees, we tend to forget that. We tend to forget. One may be overpowered by another, two can withstand him, and a threefold cord is not quickly broken. This verse is from the book of Ecclesiastes, and this is at the very heart of the vision for this special Friday edition of Main Thing Radio. Jesus, Pastor Robert, and his wife Elizabeth, a threefold cord presenting God's Word in a way that will inspire you in your own marriage and walk with God. Pastor Robert's vision is that through this fresh method of approaching God's Word, that husbands and wives will be equipped to face the world on a united front. 
as one team joined together by God, sharing the light of Jesus Christ with the lost and dying world all around us. Monday through Thursday here on Main Thing Radio, we share messages from worship services at Calvary Chapel, Miami Beach. But today's message is unique. As you listened today, we're confident that you heard from God through Pastor Robert and Elizabeth. Well, that's all the time we have here for today. On Monday, Pastor Robert will be back with us teaching through God's Word verse by verse. So make plans to join us on Monday right here on Main Thing Radio.